Hello, and welcome to this. I'm Annie. And I'm Natasha. And on today's episode, This is Power, we're going to be talking about the fear of losing white power, the lack of empathy, and dehumanization to the Black body. So let's talk about the fear of losing white power. What do do we mean by that when we say that? Um, Like their fear of losing their position on top, their fear of not being, you know, how do I say, I don't know, like the person on top all the time, the the go-to person, the bosses, the models, the the pretty people, everything. It's just anything that fits in in this world as far as in any great place you could be, they don't want to be beneath that. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, um, you know, NASCAR, for example, they take away the Confederate flag and a lot of people are upset about that. Like, that, like they're losing out on something and there's people that are actually quitting and they're upset because one of the black drivers um, got to drive a, a Black Lives Matter car and like people were so upset about that. But all these years, they've been flying Confederate flags and driving NASCAR. No one ever said anything. The one black guy drives a car that says hashtag black, black Lives Matter on it, and it's a big deal. But you're not thinking about all the times that like this person has never got to fly and show their, that their life matters or whatever stands for them as far as being black. But like I said, they've always flown their Confederate flag. It's like a loss of power, like you said. Another good example is um, Jackie Robinson. He was the first black man that was able to play, you know, Major League Baseball in 1947. Mm -hmm. And that got a lot of people upset. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to look at the history that we see with white power. Right. So we've in our last episode, we talked about how media displays different parts of the story of what's really happening. And the only way to know the truth, sadly, is that if you show up and you really see what's happening. Yeah, totally. So the way that that moment in history was described was that, you know, Jackie Robinson was the first black man to play Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. But in reality, he was actually the first black man that whites allowed. Allowed to play. So let's unpack that, right? So it's not, again, it's, it really goes back to the white race, you know, allowing versus not allowing people to really exist within the society. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even or I, I forget his name and I'm probably going to sound really stupid, but the football player that kneeled down. Colin Kaepernick. Exactly. People were upset about that. Why? Right. They were they were upset because they're like, oh, he's disrespecting the flag, but he's kneeling because he's like, I'm not going to, you know, show support of a country and of a flag that doesn't support me, basically. So right. I will kneel. And that displays a lot of white defensiveness, which Dr. D'Angelo talks about in white fragility, right? So let's, when, 
I think that's a really big symptom that we're seeing in the white communities right now. I think every time somebody, no matter what kind of stance a black person takes against the injustice that we've been experiencing for the past 400 years, it's in in a lot of ways um, a revelation against the system that again was created for white people to succeed succeed and stay on top yeah and i love that you know that if you haven't heard the if you haven't read white fragility or if you haven't seen the conference talk that she does it's i highly recommend it um but she talks a lot about you know the question to their moral character Mm -hmm. and i think that's why white people get so defensive Mm -hmm. when some sort of stand is taken you know like we take away the confederate flag which is again a big symbol of that segregation right Mm -hmm. so to me that makes sense like we should take that away why why wouldn't we take that away Mm um what do you like in terms of you know your experience as a black woman though like what have you seen when when you try to explain your position to even like white co-workers? Um, I see a lot of them get defensive and a lot of them get kind of upset. Um, and I never understood why. It's like, I feel like I should be the one that's a little bit upset or uncomfortable. That's another thing. I always felt like in some places of work, I had to kind of go out of my way to make them comfortable and I don't think that they see that like they don't know how many people of color act a a certain way or speak a certain way or as a certain way with them to make them comfortable and it's exhausting and I think Dr. Um, Robin D'Angelo mentions that Mm -hmm. I think she mentions that how how much people of color go out of their way to make white people comfortable I've messed up on, or I haven't messed up on something, but my boss has messed up on something. And I had to tell them in a certain way that kind of made it like, oh, well. You have you to take have the accident. fault. I, yeah, I basically took the fault for it to protect them and their feelings. Or or if not, it's kind of like, this person is like, this person is coming at me telling me what I did. Or this person is like telling me I didn't do something right. And it kind of makes you like, you know, a little standoffish or like, you know. That's a, what I noticed too in the workplace and in general. Again, I like to remind the audience that I am not black. I'm a, I guess, brown and you know a little bit darker in the summer, but I'm I'm Argentinian, and I guess my race is. I don't know if you could say a Spanish, Hispanic, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I am not black. So I have not experienced, um, you know, what you've been through, but I have experienced some form of racism as well. I think any, anybody that's not white at some point has experienced some, some form of racism. But when we when we really look at the list and kind of if we look at it like a, a, a pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. At the very top, we have the white race. 
Yes. Right like underneath. the hierarchy. Exactly. The hierarchy is white is at the very top. And based on a lot of studies and research that Dr. D'Angelo has done, and you can fact check, you know, if you read her book or go watch the conference, um, is that for some reason, black has been always seen as non-human. Mm-hmm. Black has always been at the very bottom, and there's so much um, hate, hatred towards the black race for whatever reason. And I think in a lot of ways as a society, we're trying to figure out why do we think that? Why are we taught that the black skin is something that we should fear, is something that, you know, we can, like, let's... Like, why is that? What's the reasoning behind that? The reasoning behind black being such an inferior. Well, I feel like in the beginning, they describe, when you describe death or anything that looks evil or bad, you associate that with black and darkness. If you watch The Lion King, the the evil pack of lions, they were all dark. They had the dark eyes and they all looked evil. But to anything that's associated with, you know, evil, um, darkness, um, you know, um, death, black. So, I mean, if they can associate the color black and white being pure, anything pure you associate with the color white, like angels and heaven and clouds and weddings and you know fluffy pillows and you know polar bears which polar bears are cute and natural anyway but still like (laughs) you associate that those colors with pure pure being pure pureness and darkness is and black is considered non-pure and evil and dirty and whatever whatnot but it's so ironic that we are taught to see that, right? White being pure and black being impure. When in reality, the white race has been psychotic. Oh, yeah. And, the, and what they've done, right? To continue to oppress black. I can't even say black people, right? It's like black bodies. That's the way that they see it. It's not, you know, because you're no longer a human, right? And I think in a lot of ways, it's a way for them to cope through what they're doing and kind of give them an excuse like, oh, yeah, but it's okay because it's not, it's just not another human being. Right. In a lot of ways, also, if you think about it, uh, the white race, again, has fabricated this narrative that black is evil. And we talked about that. Uh, But it's also a reflection of themselves. I think when somebody hates another person so much, it's really just a mirror to them. Uh, And so again, in a lot of ways, I think it's quite the opposite, you know, black, the color black on your skin is actually extremely pure is, you know, Africans were the first humans to roam the earth. And so that is what pure is, right? 
So we see that dark, dark color outside, and then in the inside, there's pureness, there's light. And with the white race, their skin color is white, but inside, they have so much darkness, so much darkness. They're deeply disturbed. And we also, we rob ourselves of our humanity by not seeing this. Absolutely. And this is something, again, that um, Dr. Joy DeGruy. No, Dr. Robin D'Angelo. Yeah. That's something that she mentions. It's like, by you choosing to be ignorant and not seeing these injustices, you're choosing to be part of the sick sociopath syndrome. I guess that's another syndrome. You know, you have the post-traumatic slave syndrome, but you also have the sociopath syndrome, which Mm -hmm. is like, again, it's taught by generations by generations, and it continues to be prevalent in a lot of white families. Absolutely. But I wanted to go back to in the post-traumatic slave disorder and how we were talking about James Sims and how he operated on um, unslaved black women without anesthesia, how he basically would kill tons of black babies by shoving sharp tools in their brains. Um, There was a lot of things that black women was going through at that time too and men but as this one I felt like was really really targeted towards the black women like no white could ever rape a slave woman the regulations of law as to the white race on the subject of sexual intercourse do not and cannot for obvious reasons apply to slaves their intercourse is promiscuous so basically you can't rape a black slave because she's promiscuous she's basically you know out there she's open she's asking for it like that was basically a law created to legalize rape and them not feel bad for it because they were promiscuous does that make sense yeah well again it's about dehumanizing the other race in order for you to feel good in order for you to still go to church Mm-hmm. With your family and your kids, and then on a Wednesday night, you go rape a black slave. Right, exactly. And say, well, I'm a, I'm a son of God. I am, and the law says that it's not illegal, right? Right. That's so terrible. And again, the law was written by these by same the men. Same psychopaths. By these same white men that wanted to do whatever the fuck that they wanted. Right. And they didn't want any repercussions. Right. And to this day, that still happens. I mean, look at, I mean, all of what, like, what is it called? Silicon Valley. All the investors that own all those companies, what is that, 97% white men? Mm Mm-hmm. The people that are supposed to be in charge of the peace of the world, it's all white men. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. Like every, but that's what they shove in everyone's face. It's like all the superheroes, white men. Every, all the people that does all the great things in the world, white men. Jesus, white, white men. men. Like it's like no, it's not a coincidence that everybody's white. That's made all these discoveries and like 
Oh my god, I saw the most amazing meme yesterday actually on, on Facebook. It was this guy jumped in this guy's car and he's like, what are you doing? That's my car. He's like, no, it's not. He said the door was open. The car was running. He's like, I just ran in the store to get something. I discovered this. This is mine. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. He's like, just like Christopher Columbus. And the guy was like, no, people are already there. He's like, so what? I discovered it. <laughs> but anyway, that's basically kind of like the same thing. You know, Good. they want to be the discoverers of everything. They want to be on top of everything. It's like, even if someone's already there, fuck it. We'll just fucking kill them, kill their family, rape their women, dehumanize their men, make their men feel like shit, and then tell them that they're dumb. And then we'll be on top because we'll, we'll be the smarter ones. They right? want to be the civilizers. Oh, yeah. Totally. They come to each country because they want to help the savages and civilize them. They're that, the they're the creators of these problems. So it's a funny thing. Yeah, I know. That's why I think again, fix any of this. It, it's again having these uncomfortable discussions. Which it should it shouldn't be uncomfortable though, because it should be uncomfortable for us as far as approaching the people that's done these things and whose ancestors done these things. They shouldn't be uncomfortable. The fact that we have to think about making them feel comfortable is ridiculous. Like it really is. So when they say, I don't want to, I don't like talking about race, but why? But it's, it's, I'm sorry, but we live in a world where race is something that is here. We don't live in a world where everybody's like, it's the utopia that you're like, well, I didn't, my parents taught me not to see color. Okay. Color is still there. Like exactly. you're still black. I'm still brown. Right. Exactly. I wish I could not, and I, I even used to say that. To explain. I've been, Elaborate. I've been, I feel like I've been racist myself. Mm -hmm. Like I would say things like, well, I don't see color. I don't see what the big deal is. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I've always had a diverse group of friends and I'm fucking brown. Right. Yeah. And I was choosing to be ignorant. Mm -hmm. And I think... The healing and the transformation starts when you yourself start to let go of that ego. Oh, yeah. And you totally. start to be humble mm -hmm. again and say, you know what? You know what? I was wrong. I want to learn. Let me learn. You don't have, I don't want you to teach me. I need to teach myself right. on what's going on. Right. And what went on. And right. I feel like, though I feel like we learn a lot in school about, um, you know, American history and like, they tell us about a little bit about slavery, but they don't go into it far enough. They don't teach us enough about what happened to, to people in slave to black people in slavery. And I think they do that to protect their image. Yes. They don't want to completely lie about it. But, you know, when you're at school and you do the Christopher Columbus things for Turkey Day, and it's like, I remember at a point my mom didn't let me celebrate that anymore. And she didn't let us, she wouldn't let us be any of the pilgrims or anything at school anymore because she felt like it wasn't okay. Yeah. But they don't tell you that. And that's important for them to tell the truth about it. And they never, they didn't teach us that in the beginning. And I feel like post-traumatic slave syndrome is a book that should be read at school. It's a story that should be told at school, even if they just watch her PowerPoint, because everyone needs to learn how this affects people. Everyone needs to learn how 
you know, try to ha learn how to have a better understanding for it. Don't just look at things and listen to the lies or the bullshit that your parents and ancestors passed down from generation to generation to generation. Like, try to have some fucking understanding. Shit. No. <laughs> and if you don't have understanding then be prepared to be called out on it. I think we're like at the... <laughs> I think we're at the time where people are so sick and tired of making white people comfortable. Oh, fuck That yeah. is going to... It's going to continue to happen. Um, what I have a hard time with is calling out people and just going back. We've talked about this a little bit but going back to the workplace mm -hmm. because in a lot of ways because I don't have generational wealth right I rely solely on my income mm -hmm. and what I can what I can build in this lifetime for my kids mm -hmm. if I ever have kids mm -hmm. uh so in a lot of ways it's they're also keeping power through uh, economic, um, they're also keeping power through the eco economic in inequality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, there's a whole sis, uh, system of that, and I know people don't believe in it, and a lot of people are not, mainly white people, are not ready to have that conversation on how badly they set people back. Or their ancestors, I should say, but the ones now need to start helping to fix it. Like, because your ancestors is the reason why things are this way. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, it plays a huge role in how it affects us as our life. Even like when you like filling out a job application. Oh my God, I have to say another meme. I'm sorry. So I saw, <laughs> I saw a meme on Facebook, and it said. Why does the job application ask me if I'm white or black? Why does it matter? Fuck. And then like, somebody commented under it and goes, I'm just going to put white and start showing up and it's going to turn into an episode like Catfish. And I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> or I, I know for, um, what's the professor's name? The one that did the brown eyes, blue eyes. Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott. She writes under that section human right that's just all that should matter what like or is that your way of like trying to figure out you know if they're not white they're probably not presentable they're probably not smart enough ah, no let's not call them Going back to post-traumatic slave syndrome uh we really need to look back at at the history of um how the land of the free quote-unquote was discovered um, and what those, the intellects and, you know, physicians and ex-presidents were saying at the time about black people. Well, one of the, like, one of the physicians, he was like, he, like, he invented the um, specula? Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's to open a woman's vagina, basically, to... You know, when you go to the gynecologist and they're like, all right, let's, 
that little clamp. It's like that metal clamp, basically. And his, okay. his so, name is James Marion so, Sims. Yeah. So James um, Sims, he um, invented the specula. And he would practice most of his procedures on enslaved black women with no anesthetic at all, no anesthesia. As he would, you know, practice all kinds of procedures on us because he did believe that black people were not human and we did not feel any pain. And that reminds me, I should play this clip now because I have a good clip from a doctor that explains that. Um, that just she actually posted this maybe a few weeks ago. I think you've had a, a similar experience to what it is to go to the emergency room and not being treated the same. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I've had that experience in emergency rooms. I've had that experience when I go to the doctor. I feel like I was like they didn't believe me about the level of pain that I was feeling. Um, yeah, I've waited longer in places than I should have as far as, you know, emergency rooms. Yeah, I've experienced it firsthand. My sisters have experienced it firsthand. It just, that's just the way it is for us. Sounds bad, but it is what it is. And this comes from, I know that she mentions that it came from slavery right the the times of slavery mm -hmm. um to be more specific is from 1707 the quote-unquote scientific discovery uh from carl linaios i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but i don't care because he was a dick <laughs> so um dick. so based on it wasn't really scientific it was just some white dude that had the fucking wig on <laughs> and he was important at a time at the time and said that he scientifically um proven that you know the different species of humans right so we have the homo american which were the native american and then we had you know there was a list of them and then at the very bottom it was the homo africans mm -hmm. right and so in, in that description, which lives on to, I guess you can translate it to the stereotypes that we have now for black people, that they're lazy, that they don't feel pain, uh, that they're dirty and they smell bad. And, you know, all of these things, believe it or not, all of these things, believe it or not, have been, been carried over since, you know, 1707 yes and way before that yes so no i mean we're all just fucked up in the head right Absolutely. we've never had any sort of mental help we've never done therapy over this right mm -hmm. when somebody goes through a post-traumatic and they have a traumatic event in their life what do you do you go to you therapy. therapy yeah and we've never done that mm-hmm so no wonder everything's so fucked up right now. Um, so again, this is just, I guess, for anybody that's listening, you might be wondering, like, oh, so what do we do? Like, how can we change it? Can we change it? It can be changed if you educate yourself and have some fucking empathy, like have some understanding why shit is the way it is. We didn't just wake up one day and was like, hey, I, I, I'm just... I'm going to feel lazy today. No, you guys labeled us lazy. Then you didn't give us jobs. 
You labeled, you labeled them lazy, did not give them jobs, didn't allow them to read and then called them dumb. No, it sounds like they're from the beginning of time, there's been a heavy problem with the mental health of the Europeans that came over here to destroy everyone else. And that goes back to like, you know, Dr. James Sims, who was doing all those evil things to women while they were still awake, killing black babies by like using some, what kind of tool was that? It was basically like a, like a score, like um something that you would poke ice with. That's yes. what it looked like. That's he would drill like. that into the uh, black baby's head mm-hmm. to fix their brains from not being dumb. Yeah. Something like that, which again, let's, okay, I, if we take away race here, because a a lot of people like to play this little game too, like, well, I don't see color. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take away all the color. Let's imagine that everybody's blind. Mm -hmm. Okay. And somebody tells you, oh, this doctor used to drill holes in baby skulls, and he would cut open um, slaved women mm-hmm. in your head what do you think that person is I think they're sick a sociopath yeah a sick sociopath and I think they need serious mental health so again so basically all of these rules that we obey by like everything that the system was built on um, was created and written by sociopaths that killed, tortured, and created experiments based on their beliefs of white superiority. Mm-hmm. We've kind of jumped around between white fragility and the loss of power of, you know, the, the fear of whites losing their power and the lack of empathy by giving examples like, again, the one with the physician, you know, doing testing on women like cutting them open just to test um for science Mm -hmm. or the dehumanization of the black body um so all of these things that we talked about in this episode is the very tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. this is the tip of the iceberg so i highly encourage everybody that's listening to this to always follow up with additional research. Um, I am a firm believer that anything that I hear is not the absolute truth. Even if it comes from my friends, if it comes from a leader that I have similar values with, I'm a, again, firm believer that you always have to do your own research. Uh, and that's how you would get to the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, definitely. I think it's very important to do your own research. And if you want to at all research anything we spoke about, um, you can totally look up some of the names that we mentioned. We'll also have some of the names listed on our um, Instagram. The links provided down below as well. And we also have a comment section. So don't forget to leave a a comment down below. Um, Let us know if you're liking the episodes. If you want us to focus more on, you know, personal experiences, more of an interview style or just us talking like this. Um, Again, we're just kind of going with the flow. This is our very first podcast. So uh, we come to you 
uh, in the most humble form that mm-hmm. we can. So you can, if you want to look up anything we spoke about, we can, we're going to post things on our website at speakingoverload.com. And you can follow us on our Instagram at this underscore underscore podcast. And you can also email us uh, with any questions at um, this at speakingoverload.com. Catch you later, folks. Bye. <laughs> and that is all for today. Catch us on our next episode of this. We'll be putting out new episodes every other week. And don't forget to share it with as many friends and family. And remember, support, love, and stand up for one another.